Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Hi everyone, welcome to Transform Church Online. So glad to have you with us here today. We're on our fourth episode of our series, Faithful. Thank you guys for sending through your questions. We've had a look over it and we can't wait to answer them today. In the meantime, please like, share, comment, subscribe, and um, let's jump straight into it. So how has God been faithful, faithful to you throughout this uncertain time? You know, that's the great thing about God, that He is constantly with us. And we're reassured that by reading the scriptures. You know, the scriptures talk about Him being the same yesterday, today and forever and so that is a great reassurance especially as we go through troubling situations to know that there's a certainty when it comes to god all right and so i know that he's always there present with me and when i get into the scripture and i read his word and i'm comforted by those words it, it always helps me through those situations he's been faithful in that he shows up in my life i still have my health i still have my family i still have things that are positive in my life i can constantly go to him in trouble and i'm sure that's the same for everyone you know that he is mm. there with them in this situation that they can rely on him and they can lean into him no matter what we are going through you know it reminds me of the disciples in the middle of the storm they were going mm -hmm. through a storm and their boat was being tossed to and fro mm, they were right. living in uncertain times they didn't mm. know where they were going to make it to the other show they wouldn't they didn't know if they're going to survive the storm but Jesus was there in the middle of the storm, you know, and they went down to the boat and they woke him up and he calmed the storm. And so in the same sense, when we're going through difficult circumstances, we can always invite Jesus to calm our storm. And mm -hmm. I think that's an important thing that we go to him in our difficult circumstances. And that's a lot true. of times we run from him <laughs> in, our, in our troubling circumstances because we think, oh my gosh, there's so much trouble, there's so much worry. Where do I turn to? And, and mm. we don't have often turn to him. But when we do turn to him, he is able to calm our storm. That's the great thing about God. Absolutely love it. It does feel like a never-ending storm at the moment. It does. And, and, but, you know, every storm ends. Every storm <laughs> has a beginning. Every storm has an ending. But when you're in the middle of the storm, it feels like it's never going to end. Mm. But Jesus is the storm calmer or he calms the storm. So yeah. if Jesus is on our boat, he is going to speak to our storm. Mm. You know, and I think that um, the panic sets in when we think that it's never going to end. But it will end. Everything will end. Um, in a sense that nothing goes on forever. You know, this pandemic will end, our storms will end, every crisis will end. Mm. And as I said before, it's how we come through, how we respond in the middle of the storm that really makes us resilient or builds us up. So I think that's really important. <laughs> I think so too. I think yeah. so too. Awesome response, Pastor. Now, we had a bunch of questions okay. that were submitted. So right, I'm let's gonna, get to the questions. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great. <laughs> Okay. Now, speaking of storms, yes. um, you know, somebody have asked, who is God and why do we need him? Okay. We go through life with good or bad things happening. Yeah. Some believe what you do go through is just the world giving you um, what you gave to it. So, yes. so yeah. great question. Thank you for asking that question. So who is God? Well, God is creator. You know, he formed the earth and it's like 
when he created the earth, he created us to have relationship with him. And when we don't live our life in relation to him, we're living our life in a not a, a fully functional way, if I can put it that way. We're, mm -hmm. living, we're not living to our capacity. We're going through life trying to figure it out on our own. We're trying to figure out how to do things. And we make mistakes and we fail and we mess up. And hopefully most people learn from that. But, you know, life is more than just trying to fall forward and, you know, make a mistake and get back up and get, make a mistake and get back up. Life, according to what God has designed for us, is to live a life of abundance. And so when we don't connect with him or engage with him, we try to live our life with the best the information we have. So what information we learn in our life, we try to use that to live a better life. But there's so much more that comes from God. There's a vastness mm. of knowledge. There's a, there's a comfort. There's a resource that we're not tapping into. That's and true. so how can we live a successful life if we're not tapping into the resource that is there for us to live a better life? You know, mm. It's like saying, hey, I'm going to build a cabinet. And I was talking to someone this week and they were actually constructing their kitchen cabinet. They bought this kitchen cabinet from Ikea. <laughs> and right. apparently it was really complicated to put together. And they Always. had to go through, you know, this, this, this whole book. They said it was like a thick, almost instruction manual to put this kitchen oh, cabinet wow. together. So imagine if that was the case. If we're living a life, we get a bunch of pieces and there's no instruction on how to put things together. Mm. You try to fix this there, you try to put it there, and you might eventually over time figure out how to put it together. That mm. might have taken you maybe months to figure out, right? Yeah. But if you had the instruction yeah, manual and you consulted that, then you know exactly what to do and you know how it fits together and how it'll function and how it'll actually be a benefit in your life, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people live their life disconnected from God. And so they're not using the right resource to build a successful life. And so they struggle because they're not making good decisions for themselves. They're not making good decisions for their family. They're not making good decisions for people around them. And so it's not just them that suffer the consequences of their bad decisions. It's everyone around us. Mm -hmm. We know that when I make a bad decision, the people closest to me are going to suffer the consequences of that bad decision. It's just not, just not me. Mm. So why do we need God? Well, I need God so I can live a life of success, so I can be a blessing or I can be a benefit. Another word for blessing is a benefit, a benefit to myself to make myself successful and to help those around me become successful because he has the right information on how to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Because he formed us, he created us and he created us to have relationship with him. And mm. so when we don't have relationship with him, we are living a life a half-life, if I can say that, because we don't have or we don't live to the full capacity that we were designed to. So mm. I would challenge someone, if you don't know about God, get to know who he is, mm -hmm. you know, get to know what he brings into your world, get to know how he benefits you, get to know what he can help you become in your life, because without him, we're living a half-life. We're not filling our full potential mm. and we're not living a life of success because we struggle and we make mistakes. And if I had someone to mentor and coach me on how to get out through difficult situations, I'm going to use that resource. And so God is our mentor. He's our guide. He's our counselor. He is so much more than that. He, is, he brings us into right relationship 
with mm. God. You know, Jesus brings us into right relationship with God. And so it's important to understand that there's so much benefit that comes from knowing who God is. Mm. And then getting into that relationship with him is going to be super beneficial to everyone in this world. And I mm. think that people living apart from God don't live to their full potential. And there's, there's, there's a whole repercussions that we can go into with that, you know, because the belief in God, we get our understanding of justice. We get our understanding of self. We get our understanding of value because mm -hmm. without God, none of those things make sense. You know, Absolutely um, true. I can't define myself based on what I think because value comes from who I am, mm. right? So perceived value is that I value myself because God says that I'm valuable. Mm -hmm. And I value you because God says you're valuable. But if there's no God, then you're not of value at all. You're just a blob of cells, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so our system of justice, for example, where do we get justice from? Because we believe in right and wrong. But if there's no God, then there is no right and wrong. Because morality comes from our understanding of justice, mm -hmm. right? And so justice comes from inherently believing that there's good in the world and there's bad in the world. Mm -hmm. And so the world didn't just formulate this idea by itself. No. There is a right and there's a wrong. And we are innately born with that understanding. Mm. Where did that come from? It came from him. So there's a whole bunch of repercussions. So again, I would challenge people to get to know who Jesus is, mm. you know, and understanding who is brings a huge benefit into your life. So mm -hmm. God is creator, he is counselor, he's friend, he's companion, mm -hmm. he is salvation. You know, he brings us into a whole bunch of understanding. So let's just leave it at that <laughs> because we don't want to take that off on a tangent. <laughs> but that's, that's who God is. He is everything. Absolutely you know? agree. That yeah. is amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and if I could add, um, whatever opinions you have formed about who God is, yeah. I want to encourage you guys to seek Him. Yes. Just Him. That's you right. know, in the silence and the yeah. quietness and just seek who He is. Who does He um, unravel Him? Like, who is He to you? That's he right. will reveal Himself to you, right? Well said, Vanessa. Yeah. And it's important because a lot of times we misunderstand Him. And we mm. hear about him from people, yes. but that's not who he really is. Yeah. So discover for yourself. Yeah. Good thought. Yeah. Awesome. Now, so it leads to the question. We yeah. have a question that was submitted that says, why is it so hard to have faith? Okay. That's a good question. You know, sometimes we struggle with faith because I think oftentimes our faith comes under pressure because we have a position that we might have taken in our life or in our world or certain set of beliefs that might come into contradiction to what we believe God is or who God is. And so that brings challenge into our world because there's a tension that exists in who God says he is and then our perception of the world. You know, mm -hmm. And oftentimes our perception of the world is the reality that we live in. And we have something that we know about God or been told about God that we we struggle with, we wrestle with, right? And oftentimes our perception of God is based on our knowledge of who he is on what someone told us about him, mm -hmm. not necessarily on who he is, you know? Mm -hmm. We often have a lot of misconceptions about who he is. And we talked about, you know, how sometimes we feel that God has to be our protector and not let any harm come to us. But that's not necessarily 100% true, you know? He mm -hmm. helps us gu guide us through situations 
but it doesn't necessarily mean that he, he removes situations from our life. You know? One of the great examples that I love to bring up is that Jesus' conversation with Peter. Right? Mm-hmm. And so he says to Peter, he says, Peter, Satan desires to sift you. Or another word to say that is Satan desires to bring trouble into your life. Right? And then Jesus says this marvelous thing. He says, so I'm going to remove it all from you. He, actually, he doesn't say that. You know? he, he, what he says is, so I'm going to pray for you, Peter. So when you come through, you will be better. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to remove the situation. He didn't say, I'm going to take away all the things that are going to come into your life. He said, I'm going to pray for you that when you go through that circumstance, mm. you'll come out better. Mm. Right? So he's not saying we're not going to have any trouble. He's mm. not saying we're not going to have any pain. He's not saying that we won't wrestle with certain things in our life, you know. And sometimes we think that because I'm wrestling with stuff, that means that I'm struggling with my faith. And that's not true at all. Sometimes we wrestle with God even when we have faith, you know. You look at another instance with God and Jacob. You know, Jacob um, ran away from his father because he lied to his father. And then he's coming back many years later and his brother is coming to meet him. And they have this wrestling moment there, you know, and that's when God changes his name from Jacob to Israel. Israel being he who wrestles with God and overcomes. That's what Mm -hmm. his name actually means. Mm. Um, And God gave him that name after they wrestled, right? And it's in this wrestling with God. He holds on to God. He says, I'm not going to let go until you actually give me my blessing. All right, that's the word he uses. And so he's wrestling with God. So, you know, wrestling with God is not a bad thing, you know. And so asking God questions again is not a bad thing. So if we think that faith is something we just have or don't have, it's not necessarily true. We can have doubts in faith, right, just as other people did in the scriptures, you know. We look at David, for example. He believed that God was for him. But he still wrestled with God. He had questions about God. He's, where are you when I'm alone? Where are you when I'm in trouble? Mm. You know, but then he comes back with things like Psalm 23. He says, I know that even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with him. Mm-hmm. Or you're with me. You know, so there's times where we feel like we're far from God and we feel like our faith is diminished. But that is not necessarily true in the sense that, oh, my faith is smaller, so I feel like I have no faith. It's sometimes our faith is presented with challenges, you know, and we can build upon those challenges. We can go mm-hmm. through those challenges and we come back to um, Jesus with Peter. He says, I'm going to pray for you that you will come through this challenge, this trial, this trouble, whatever it may be, that you will come through. And we know what there was at the end, you know, what the crucifixion. But Peter came through. He struggled with his faith. He struggled with betraying Jesus. Mm. But he came through. All right? mm. So if we look at, if we define Peter by his instance of when he betrayed Jesus, we'll say, well, Peter, you had no faith. Right? But that's not the entirety of his walk with Jesus. He started his walk. Mm. He learned from Jesus. He betrayed Jesus. But that wasn't the end of his story. You know, his faith mm. suffered challenges. His faith suffered a number of situations that he found challenging. He he even wept because he felt he betrayed his friend, Jesus. But that didn't destroy his faith. It was a challenge to his faith, but he came through. And Mm. so 
Having faith in God doesn't mean you won't have challenges. Having faith in God doesn't mean you won't have troubles. It's how you deal with them. It's who you learn to lean on in the middle of it that mm. helps build your faith. Mm. So good. So good. I hope you guys are taking notes. That was <laughs> awesome. Okay, so the next question yeah. um, says, why do or should we have faith on a being that has never been seen? Okay. So yes. that's a great question again. You know, And I, again, sometimes people ask questions like that. And I think that um, that's an uninformed question. Because the reality is that Jesus, who is a representation of God, was a real person. And we don't just have that information from the scriptures, what we commonly refer to as the Bible. There's other documentation that exists that verifies that he was a real person. You know, For example, one of the most famous ones is Josephus. He was a Jewish antiquities writer. So he wrote about things that were happening in his world mm. and he documented Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So he wasn't a believer in Jesus, but he documented Jesus. And other, there's other historical documents that verify the existence of Jesus. So we're not just getting the knowledge that Jesus came just from the Bible. We're getting other sources mm. that also document the fact that he existed. So again, just saying that because, you know, well, I, we don't see him is not an informed decision. It requires a little bit of research, you know. Uh, look into it for yourself. Find out, is this a real person or was it made up? He's not made up. He's a real person. Mm -hmm. And he came to show us what God is like, right? So, yes, God is spirit and we don't actually see him. We don't touch him in that sense. But Jesus is an accurate representation of who he is. So if you know about Jesus, then he is an actual this, that, uh, place of who God is, right? So what is God like? Well, you look at Jesus, you look into the gospels, you know, because mm. when the gospel writers wrote about Jesus, they didn't write it because they believed they were being inspired. They wrote it because it was their history. They were actually writing what happened to them. They were documenting a real event that happened to them and they were writing to people so they could share their story of their adventure or their experience with this real person named Jesus. They weren't writing so it became the Bible. They were just writing to people to mm. show them what they experienced. We've put that together and we've called it the Bible, right? Mm. But it's just their story, it's their history, it's their experience. And so they're writing these letters to people to tell them about their experience, right? So I, I could put it this way. How do I know your great-grandmother existed? We haven't, I haven't seen her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right? Yeah. But hey, you exist. <laughs> you came from somewhere. So just mm -hmm. because I don't see her doesn't mean she doesn't exist. There's proof right here. Mm -hmm. She had a child. You know, that child had another child, and then you came along. Mm -hmm. So just because I don't see that she exists doesn't mean she doesn't exist because I don't see her. You know, again, it's a, a logical assumption that if you exist, you came from your mother, who came from her mother, who came from her mother. Right? So mm -hmm. just because I don't see an individual, that's a silly thing to say. Well, because I don't see that person doesn't mean it's real. Well, I don't see other people in the world doesn't mean are they real or not? You know, so again, it's just being a little bit informed and understanding mm -hmm. that, hey, this event took place almost 2000 years ago. You know, and we have documentation from various places, not just from a few people, many people that have mm. documented this event right, mm -hmm. that happened in the world. And so we know that Jesus is a real person. We know 
this happened. We know from you know, documents, from Roman documents, from Jewish documents, and of course the scriptures that this was a real person and he did what he did. And so he demonstrated who God is and the cross of Jesus demonstrates his love for us and what he did for us. So I can be, I don't have a shadow of a doubt and there's many people in the world that don't have a shadow of a doubt. Even those that don't know who Jesus is or put their faith in him, they understand that he was a real person. So historical mm. professors who don't believe in the deity of Jesus believe in the, the person of Jesus as a person that existed. Mm. Right? So he was real and still is. <laughs> Amen. That was so good. Um, and I hope if you guys do end up, you know, looking up, and to, to find out the history of Jesus. Let us know down below what you thought. Were you amazed? Because yes. I was definitely amazed when I found, like, when, when there's proof, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you need that tangible and you're like, whoa, yes. that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Now we had um, someone submit a question saying, could you please clarify the difference between faith and belief? If there's a difference, what comes first? <laughs> that, that's an uh, interesting question, you know? Uh, and so speaking of Jesus, I want to just present this fact. And this might be a challenge for some of us that grew up in church and we're told that, you know, the church is all about belief. All right? Because interestingly enough, that's not what Jesus actually taught about faith. He didn't just go around saying, I want you just to believe. Mm -hmm. Because that would be silly, right? Just believe and things would be better. Because the reality is just believing stuff doesn't make any difference, right? Mm -hmm. So let, let's use a, a practical real life example in that thought. If belief is sufficient for anything, right? So you are a food science major, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you understand the value of eating right, right? So you understand that. So if you just believe in eating right, will that change your life? No. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but if you have the knowledge of it, knowing something and believing something changes your world? No. No. You have to actually act out yeah, on that belief, definitely. right? So let's think about other ways. You know, what if you believed that a good education would bring you success? Is that sufficient to bring you success? No. Just believing it. If you believe, you know, if I believe that I invest in knowledge, if I believe that I study, if I believe I graduate from school that I'll, you know, have success in life, just that's that portion. If I believe that, is that sufficient? It's not. What about going to a gym? You know, if I believe that if I exercise and get healthy, I'll live a successful life. If I just believe that, is that sufficient? No. It isn't. Just believing stuff doesn't change the world, you know. And Jesus, when he taught about faith, it wasn't, he wasn't going around inviting people to just believe his words, all right? Say, mm. just believe what I'm talking about and everything will be okay. That's and contrary to what he talked about. And when we talk about Jesus' teaching on faith, it mm -hmm. wasn't just believe, you know. You go into Matthew 7. And he has just talked about the Sermon on the Mount. It's probably one of the most famous sermons that he talked about, you know love your enemies, you know, do good to them that, you know, do hurt you and forgive and all this thing. And even if we get into the spiritual aspect of belief, right, let's just use that as another example. Say I believe in forgiveness, right? So someone hurt me and I believe that I should forgive someone, but I don't do the act of forgiveness. Will that change my world? Will that change someone else's world? Mm -mm. If I just believe forgiveness is a good thing, mm -mm. what do I have to do? I have to actually 
do the forgiveness. Yeah. I have to act out. So at the end of, of Matthew 7, where Matthew documents Jesus' words, he says something amazing. He says, you know, everyone who hears my words and just believes them. <laughs> no, that's not what he said. What about if everyone hears my words and writes them down? What about if everyone hears my words and just thinks that it's great? It'll change your world. No, he doesn't say any of those things. He says, if anyone hears my words and does them, mm -hmm. that's what he says, you know, you will live a life of success, right? Mm -hmm. And he then proceeds to say, a wise man builds his house upon the rock and a foolish man builds his house on the sand. And then he uses this context of just believing and not doing because believing doesn't change your world, right? You have to actually act out your faith. So what Jesus is saying, I want you to live your faith out in active terms in your world. How will your lived out faith impact the way you make decisions? Mm -hmm. Imagine if you answer this question, how would I act or how would I talk or how would I respond or what would I do if I was convinced that God is who he is? If I was convinced that God is with me, how would you live? You'd live in a different way than you would act normally, mm -hmm. right? Definitely. So Jesus says he's inviting us in to not just believe the things he's saying, to act out, to live a radically different life mm. based on what he's talking about, all right? So believe when Jesus uses those words and oftentimes you know, he talks about faith, he doesn't actually say, believe me. He never says those words, believe me. He invites people to follow him. And when he says, follow me, he's saying, put your trust in me, right? Mm -hmm. And if you understand what he's talking about, he's actually saying, don't just listen to my words and then walk away from them. If you listen to my words and act them out, then you're a wise person, mm. right? And so incidentally, his brother, James, James is his brother, uses very similar language. He says, if, you're f if you have faith and you don't have any, any works to demonstrate that faith, then your, your faith is void. And the, the reality is that when we think that we just believe, and if we have, our faith is actually very stagnant, mm. right? And the church, I think, has done a very bad job in communicating Jesus' actual words because Jesus doesn't just say, believe stuff and everything will be okay. He invites people to follow him and live out their faith, all right? And that's a whole different thing from just saying, well, I just believe everything he says, all right? Believing doesn't change. I want to emphasize that. Believing doesn't change anything. Mm. But having faith is a whole different thing. Faith, as we talked about the last time, is Jesus invites us to make him the object of our faith. Right? And so when we make him the center or the object of our faith, we put our trust in him. Right? And the way we activate that faith is we trust that he will do or make the things that are right for us. So it's like, how do we live out that faith? Well, I want this in my life, and I think that this is going to be good for me. But I say, I trust you, God, to make the right decision for me. So regardless of what I want, in spite of what I want, I'm going to trust you to make the best decision for me. That's what faith is. I'm putting my trust in him 
ultimately. It's not just believing a bunch of good things, mm. right? Because people can argue with your beliefs. You say, well, what do you believe? Well, I don't believe that. Right? I can argue with your belief, mm. but I can't come against your faith. If you have a faith in something, I can dispute it, but I can't argue with it. Right? Mm. Because you, that's what you have put your faith in. I can mm. say, well, I'm not sure whether you should put your faith in that, but I can't argue with you. So, but oftentimes we can argue with people's beliefs, you know, and we have different beliefs in the world because if, belie- if all it took is for belief to be a Christian, that would be foolish because people believe in a whole bunch of things, mm. you know, and people believe in things that might not necessarily even be true. That doesn't make it true. So belief in things is, is, is not an accurate representation or actual communication of what Jesus brought when we look into the Gospels or what he talked about. He's not talking about just belief stuff. He's mm. talking about put your trust in me, follow me, and make me the object of your faith. You know? So if I can condense that in a, in a little way, faith is, has to be active and faith has to be lived out and faith has to be some component where you put something in while belief is something that you just think that I just believe in a set of things, mm. right? if that makes sense. Make complete sense. Does it? Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, thank, thank you for that clarification. I, I, from, from, what, from what I've gathered is that I think belief is the first step. And then the second step, the action to that word yeah. is faith. In a, in a sense, you know, we have to, we believe in things, right? Um, and he talked about you believe in God. And he's not talking about that you believe in the fact that God is there. You believe and trust in God. That's mm-hmm. what Jesus says. You, know, you have a relationship. You believe that God is good. You believe not just in his existence, but that in his character. Right? Mm-hmm. You believe that he's present. You believe that he's for you. You believe in those things. Then he says, believe also in me. Right? So... That word believe there is actually the word trust. It's not just putting my mind on him. It's putting my trust in him. Mm -hmm. You trust in who God is. Well, trust in me as well. So I think a better word for belief, especially scripturally speaking, is the word trust. Mm -hmm. And we often translate it as belief. It's just thinking good things maybe. But that's not necessarily what it is. It's mm. having a trust in the character mm, of who right. God is. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Pastor. That Thank was you. brought a great insight on that on that question. Now we have a question here that says, You know God from what they teach you teach us at school, mm. but who is he really and why do we need him? That's a great question again. And I and God goes back to what we talked about. Uh, in a previous question, you know, a lot of times we are taught about God when we are children, you know, and I said this the last time, um, we're taught about God the same time we're taught about Santa Claus. And while our belief in Santa Claus evolves and matures to the point where we understand that this is a created character, 
what we often taught about God does not mature. It's because we don't actually invest in that knowledge, you know. So we believe that God is this way, you know. He, he's a God that just takes care of your needs and you won't have any worries. He's going to remove your pain. He's going to remove all these things. And we don't actually explore that anymore. It doesn't mature. It remains at that infantile level. So when our faith is challenged to what our set of beliefs are, we struggle with that, right? And so oftentimes we believe misconceptions. We touched this previously, misconceptions of who God is, you mm. know, um, that he's not going to allow pain. He's not going to allow hardship in our life. He's not going to, you know, let you go through difficult circumstances or he, he's just going to make sure that you have no problems in life. You know, you come to him and everything will be fine. It's just going to be mm -hmm. like, you know, you're living in fairyland or you're going to be living on, on a great big ride of just, joy and fun and <laughs> games and it's all going to be great there's going to be no problems none of that is actually true about him right mm. and we have these misconception beliefs and oftentimes when our faith is challenged we come to the conclusion where well, we can't believe in that god anymore and the reality is that that god never existed in the first place it was just mm -hmm. something that we were taught or told and we didn't mature in our understanding of who god is you know as a child we are told certain things because parents try to communicate things to us in a way that a child can understand but as we grow up in our world we often come to a mature understanding of who god is as well all right mm. um, that he has choice he is not obligated to do what i want he's not god in a genie bottle you know, and, and oftentimes our belief are, are that way. God, if I pray this thing, I know I'm going to get it. Because, you know, I've asked. So the, the assumption is, I've asked you, you need to run off and perform my wish. But that's not who he is. He's not obligated to do what I want him to do. You know, he is God. He does according to what he designs. I, you know, let me put it this way. God doesn't exist in my world. I exist in his world, mm. <laughs> right? So oftentimes we have all these misconceptions about who God is that come from a lack of understanding or maturation of our faith or maturing of understanding of who he is and how he works and how he does things. And we have from this infantile view of who he is and we attribute everything wrong or right sometimes and we think that oh well i can't understand this it must be god that's another thing that we think about you know I, well i can't explain this well it must be god you know oh i drove here and oftentimes we have things like this you know i'm driving up to the shopping center i'm praying god give me a parking spot <laughs> and oh look there's one open right there god just did that for me <laughs> well maybe maybe not uh -huh. you know and it's like god just does ma marvelous things like provide us parking lots you know when we need it or we need to do this and god does that and we often come with all these things but that's not who he is he's not a magic genie that runs around with a little wand going here's a parking spot here's this for you or oh, you want this here's a new car that's not who he is all right and so now if i don't get the new car that i wanted well god's not doing something for me mm. again well i can't believe in that god because he's not providing for me <laughs> and again god's primary purpose is not to shower you with christmas gifts like santa claus that's not his purpose his purpose in life is to build you up and strengthen you that you can navigate through life as a successful strong individual and ultimately come to the conclusion that the best way to live your life is to put your faith and trust in him mm -hmm. and believe him for your eternal existence
That's his purpose. When you put your life into his hands, you will live a life of far better success that you could ever do by planning it yourself. Mm. All right? So he is central to who we are. He is central to our value, as I said before. He's central to what our future is. He's central to who I am. He's central to everything. He is the most important thing in this world. And our world has to be built around him and not the other way around. He is not something we can just take off our shelf when we want something and then put back when we don't need him. You know, mm. He is central to who we are. And so it's important that we get to know him. So if you want to know him, as I said before, well, read the Gospels because when we talk about and learn about Jesus, mm. he is the accurate representation of who God is. Right? So he is compassionate. He is loving. He works things in our life. He provides for us. He helps us through difficult circumstances. He does not take away every painful situation. He does not remove, you know, trouble from our life because oftentimes there's purpose for that. We'll talk about that maybe another time. Mm, so good. So good. Now, you've kind of addressed this. However, I will still put it out there. Yeah. It says here, why does God allow trouble or pain? Okay, that's, that's a great question. Maybe we'll just continue. <laughs> uh, so th there's a lot of things that we have to understand when it comes to that, right? Um, let me put it this way. We often perceive pain as negative situations in our life. Mm. Another way to put that is that God allows us to experience life, right? And when we experience life, we experience good things and we experience bad things. He allows that to happen because if he doesn't allow us to experience good things, we'll not experience bad things. All right? You can't take away the good and leave the bad or the bad and take and leave the good. They both come together. Mm. Right? And so what we often perceive as pain is just experience. Right? Because if we had a great experience, we're not thinking, oh my God, how come you allow that great experience in my life? We're not thinking that at all. Mm -hmm. right? But if we had a bad experience, we're like, how come I had this bad experience? Right? We often differentiate, differentiate good situations and then say, well, keep these things, but take away these things. Mm. Right? But there's a lot of purposes that God allows us in our life. You know, and that's, a, that's a great thing to get into. And I'll just give a, a couple of reasons why I believe that those things exist in our world. Because oftentimes painful situations help us move into him more. There's a place that pain can take us to that joy or happiness can't. Mm. Painful situations allow us to depend on him more, to lean into him more, to rely on him more. And so as if I'm going through pain, well, I need help. Where do I go? I go to him. Mm. Right? So he helps us through. It helps us discover who he is because it helps us discover a different facet of who God is, right? I cannot discover that when I'm just having good experiences. I can only discover that when I have painful mm. experiences. How is he protector? Well, I can only go, have to go through pain to understand that he can protect me. Mm. How is he deliverer? Well, I can only go into a difficult circumstance for him to deliver me so I know he is a deliverer. If I never experience that, then I'll never understand his... Mm character of that aspect of him right mm. and another thing about pain is 
it helps us mature, right? Imagine if you are a mother or, you know, if you are a mother, <laughs> good congratulations, that's a great thing. But imagine you, Vanessa, as a mother, and you had a child and you wanted to protect this child from all pain, right? Mm. What would you have to do? You can't just deprive this child of pain. You have to deprive it of every experience. Mm. Because what if this experience causes it pain? So what can you do? Well, you're going to protect this. I'm going to keep this child in a room and lock every door and lock every window so it doesn't experience anything. Because what if this situation ex brings it pain, right? Mm. You go outside, you make a friend, that friend betrays you, you feel pain. But what about the joys of having a friend? Mm. Right? So you can't yeah. remove the joy of having a friend and the pain of losing a friend. Mm. They both come together. Mm. But if you want to protect everyone from anything, well, lock your child in a box or lock anyone in a box. You lock yourself in a box and deprive yourself of every experience, every relation, everything, and you'll not have any pain. But you'll not live life. You'll not experience joy either. Mm. You'll not experience anything good. Deprive yourself of not having any pain. So there's many reasons why God allows certain things into our life. He doesn't want us to go through pain, but he understands that pain helps build us and even build our faith and even build our strength and character in him, right? Mm. But he's also there. The amazing thing about that is that he doesn't just let us go through pain by ourselves. That's the most important thing, that he is with us in the pain, that he is our comfort in our pain, that I can go to him no matter what the circumstance. So he doesn't abandon me when I go through that. And that's the comfort I can draw. That yes, mm -hmm. I go through pain, and we all go through pain, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a friend, the loss of a job, so many different circumstances, even from physical pain, right? Mm. But even no matter what the circumstances, I can always go to him because he is there with me, right? So to answer that question in a simple way, there's many reasons why God allows things to happen in our life, to build us, make us strong, to make us better. Mm -hmm. Now, that was the last question for today's session. We hope you guys have gotten a lot out of it. I know I certainly have. Now, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, share this with a friend or family member. If you have any questions, please don't shy away from sending it to us. You can comment it down below. You can send it to us privately or you can send it to our email at info at transformchurch.org.au. And that's it for today. See you guys next week. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.